Welcome to Product by Design with Kyle and Eva. A podcast about product management and product design. Where we'll talk about subjects from product strategy to inclusive design. Every episode, we just have a good conversation about all the things that you may already know or not know. And occasionally, we'll have a guest from maybe engineering or other product managers and designers to talk about all these topics. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Product by Design with Kylie and Eva. How's it going? Good day. This is the first time we record in the not weekend, not end of week um, day. It is Monday and it feels very different. Yeah. So it's a Monday. We're, we're coming to you on a Monday evening. So <laughs> I really like the way you said that line, like we're on the air real yeah. time. Just like this is radio, like 35.7. Welcome. Yeah. I don't know what people say on radio, but yeah. How are you doing on this fine Monday? Good. Good. We've got, we got spring weather nice out. So it's all good. I don't know. You just fit, you feel it in the air. So I'm, I'm loving it. Hopefully wherever, literally, yeah, wherever people are listening, it's feeling like spring. I was on a call earlier with uh, someone from London and they were talking about how it was feeling springtime-ish there as well. And they were anxious to get outside and start enjoying it. So it was the end of the day and they were about to head outside and enjoy some nice time. So shout out to anybody in London. I was actually looking at our stats and we have... I think quite a few listeners over there. So shout oh, out to everybody. Hey. Yeah. Shout out to anybody London. listening in the in London, in the UK. Uh hopefully you are enjoying some springtime weather as well. Um, so I used to have an uncle in London. I don't know. Well, it, he, I think he's in Kent. Well, okay. Actually he passed away. I forgot about that. Not a close uncle, as you figure that out when I just remember that he passed away. But uh <laughs> And that's the only thing I know about London and always want to go there. A lot of people from Hong Kong, you know, like London, love London and really want to go there one of these days. And I actually just got vaccinated. So that can be in the near future. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We we love London. Uh, We went there for our anniversary a little while ago while you could still travel. And it is it's great. It's, oh. it's literally, uh, I think probably my wife's favorite place to travel it's, of all the places we've traveled. It is her favorite. So awesome. as soon as we can travel again, I'm sure it will be like top of the list to get back to. It's a great place. Uh, I feel like everybody's going to be everywhere. <laughs> the second, you know, the, the floodgates open. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I am also resuming my wedding planning since now there's a chance gathering nice so that's my um second job right now it feels like i mean it is it is event planning but at the same time it's kind of nice that yesterday i was talking to my well husband we already got married legally and so we're like oh yeah what do we do with the planning and he was like no we don't have to worry about that like everyone else in the wedding party worry about that i'm like oh wow that's great (laughs) (laughs) so far that's the one positive thing about the planning process that i'm like yay everything else is is just work yeah but it's fun yep 
It's yeah. fun, but still work. But yeah, I just want to skip to honeymoon and not. Well, no, I still want a wedding, but it just. I wish I was like a millionaire where I'm just like, hey, wedding planner, take care of everything and yeah. read my mind so we don't yeah. even have to do meetings. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, what, what What's going on with you? How's the woodworking? How's everything? It's good. You know, like I said, it, it's uh, just enjoying the springtime. So I've got a whole long list of projects that now that we're coming into the nice weather, it will an ever-growing list of things to be doing, but it's good. You know, it's, it feels well, like rejuvenating to be, you know, <laughs> to have the nice weather. winter. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's your biggest um, project like on the list right now? Uh, it's, oh, it's definitely to finish, like finish the basement, which we got oh. started in earnest a little, like a week and a half ago or so. All right. Yeah. So started doing that. But then on top of that, we're going to be building a deck in our backyard. Mm. So like those two things are going to be going in tandem, uh, somehow. Uh, yeah. In tandem. Yeah. So we'll be doing uh, now that the weather's nice, we'll like shift gears outside. Right. Try and do that like as quickly as possible, build like a covered deck yeah. and then get back down into the basement and work on finishing that, which is, that's going to be, that's just a huge project, but wow, anyway, yeah, those are like big house projects. Uh, may I report to you that me and my husband built a garden box this weekend and we're like, <laughs> yes, that's so grand that we did that. So props to you for taking, <laughs> taking on two humongous projects at once. That's, that's a lot. That's crazy, but you're the pro. So yeah. Are you I, excited? I, excited to have it done. Those are like the things that <laughs> you want to have them and have them done, but doing them is always, mm. yeah, that's always the challenge. You want to like look back and be like, yeah, I did that. And right. I, I enjoy it now, but. You want to skip to that. Yeah. You want to just skip past the the buying it and the doing it and the building, which for anybody who's like following the price, the like commodities prices and stuff like that, uh, building materials have skyrocketed. It's crazy. Um, I, I was going through purchasing a whole bunch of stuff and I was like, has my, have I just lost my mind? I thought that the price of wood was significantly less like, and this is like building material wood. Um, I was like, I must be remembering wrong, but no, uh, the, those prices have gone up significantly over the past year, year and a half mm. or so, uh, almost tripled. Yeah. I'd, I'd been like hearing it, but it just, it hadn't clicked that it had gone up so significantly until I went and started buying a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah. I'll sell you my tree in my front yard. Yeah. I'll start an auction. <laughs> Sounds like a hot item right now. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, That's crazy. Another sign of spring, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about because spring is lovely, but allergies, guys, like, uh, I know some of you uh, listening here feel the pain that I'm feeling. Like the second I start sneezing, that's when I'm like, okay, spring's here. <laughs> Trees are growing and that's where I'm at. So you're going to hear me sneezing maybe. I'm going to try not to, but sniffling for sure. So springtime has, yeah, it's here, officially started. It's official. Yep. Allergy season. This is a perfect time for me to attempt 
to segue into our topic today because um, springtime, what do we do? Um, spring cleaning. <laughs> and so, for some people, it is job hunting season. And I feel like, I, I don't know, all year long it's job hunting season. Depends on where you're at with you know your current job. But we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts plus all the other stuff um, for interviews for product jobs. Right, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. So your, yeah, your career and uh, looking for a role within product management or product design and how to go about a job search and in the whole interview process. So this is, I don't, yeah, I think we might even go like, high level overview. And then if we have to like dive into specifics, yeah. like within some of this top, within some of these different topic areas, we may do that. Like we'll, we'll see what this, where this conversation goes. Cause it's a, it's a good one. It's a really interesting one. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'm already having flashbacks of like being interviewed and also interviewing people. And yeah. this is going to be a great episode. Yeah. I, and I, it, it almost feels like we may, we may need to just break it down into some more pieces, but it's exciting. So let's, let's jump into it and talk about how, how should you go about that big overwhelming uh, thing of finding a new role or finding a role within product management or product design, or even extrapolating that a little further. Cause I think you could take a lot of these tips and apply them to any sort of job search or job hunt, but high level first off. So this is kind of, and and the great thing about this is I think you're going to get some, some tips here that you're not going to get other places. So like, yeah, (laughs) exclusive. Yeah. This is totally because as I was going through this and like searching out what some of what other people were saying, and then looking through and thinking about both as I've, done this in the past. And as I have interviewed and done other things like like both been the interviewer and the interviewee, what are some of the, the things that people should know? And I just, I don't, I don't think that this is out there as much as it should be. So I think this is going to be really useful, but the first thing that, and this is kind of a high level thing, um, that would start with is applying a product mindset to your career in general. And I think this is hugely important and this kind of overarches everything that I think we'll talk about, uh, at least from my perspective, which is kind of the, the product discovery and the design thinking mindset to your career and to your job search, which is first off understanding, then exploring, and then actually creating and implementing those things. So like applying that to your career in general. So like understanding what your interests are, your likes and your dislikes and what you want to do, and then exploring the, uh, the possibilities of that. So like the, the roles, the companies, the opportunities, and then actually taking those things and, uh, either, you know, kind of creating the role for yourself, doing the work, implementing 
like what you have done in your career, both like inside and outside your company. So like applying that to your career and then applying that same mindset to your job search, like understanding the companies, the people, the culture, everything that you're like doing within your job search. And then the explore part of it, like exploring the different options, exploring the roles, exploring like your resume, you know, different, uh, different types of resumes and answers and things like that. And then actually like testing and iterating on those things. Like as you go through, uh, like implementing that. So kind of going through that whole process of understanding, exploring and implementing. So basically taking some of these things we've talked about in other episodes and actually applying them to your job search. So We'll dive into that a little bit more, I think, as we talk through this, but I think that's a good framework to think about both your career and your job search is understand, explore, and implement and create as you go about it. Uh, I really like this strategy that you have shared because I do think that job searching can be very emotional and even like asking yourself, like, is this job, you know, for me, blah, blah, blah. And you have to think about your whole career and this whole big picture, this can get really emotional. And I think having this right mindset going into it can keep you more, I guess, level-headed and more calm throughout <laughs> the process. So I, I, I like that we're starting off with, with this, um, I guess, cal- calibrate yourself with, you know, um, what you're looking for. And that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I think it's super helpful too, uh, because it's going to be a process as you go through it. And so like really just understanding that from the beginning that you like, you, you have to just iterate as you go through. So understand. And that's like the big thing for me, it's always been understanding like what it is that you want to do and then exploring a whole bunch of the different things. And then just trying to to implement some of the things that you learn as you go through it and then just iterating on a whole bunch of it and experimenting with both answers to questions with resumes right. and uh, not only with that through your job search, but with different types of roles as you actually yes. get into your career and different things that you're doing and then just kind of continually doing that in your career and as you progress throughout it. Uh, it's because you know, we're not, nobody's like stagnant and nobody's doing the Mm -hmm. same thing forever. So like, how can you continually do that within your career and then do that as you're searching for new roles and opportunities? So cool. All right. So now as we get specifically into the job search itself, I have five tips, like five, like five main things, like kind of start Mm -hmm. to finish. And Eva, you can, you've, you've probably got some things here too, but these are like the five things that I kind of boiled it down to. And this is kind of like starts pre job search and goes to like post job search for me. Whole journey. Yeah. Like the whole journey. Yeah. Um, so the first one for me is create first one, create your brand. And this goes back to something that I think I've done and a conversation I had with somebody um, a little while ago that <clears throat> he was searching for a new role, uh, during COVID. So we were talking a few months ago and he had been, uh, laid off from his organization and it was just one of those COVID things. Right. And, uh, he had, and it, and it was kind of unfortunate because before 
he had, he had worked for this company for a long time and he had done a lot of like outside things, but he had given all of that up because his company didn't want him doing a lot of those things. And so now he had no like personal brand because he had to Mm -hmm. give it all up. And so now there was no like presence or nothing that he could kind of point to, uh, for another employer to kind of look at. And so he was kind of going and like having to reestablish all of that, which is really unfortunate because when you create that, it really gives uh, people something to look at uh, as they go and say like, Hey, who, who is this person? What are they about? Right. Like, what can, you know, what, what, what can I learn? Especially now, nowadays, like what, what is your brand? Like, what, what are you about? Yeah. And it, it's hugely beneficial. Like I, I, I can say from personal experience, like writing and podcasting and doing these things has been probably one of the most impactful things uh, for me and has directly led to opportunities. Uh, so it, that's not necessarily like what you have to do, but doing those types of things, creating like a specific brand for you, whatever that is, can directly lead to opportunities. So that's my first like tip before you're even looking, or I think that's the most beneficial, but like, you know, what is it that you can do to like start to create that personal brand? Yes. It's almost like what are you as a, as a product, as a service can provide to potential employers. Right. And I think also one thing I do want to point out is that I I think nowadays a lot of people want to do it, but then I I think it's obvious when some people are doing it just for the sake of doing it, just so that they can get a job versus uh, Kyle, I see that you are very consistent about you know, putting, you know, ideas and, um, just your thinking out there, not just to get the next cool job, but it's something that you like doing. Right. And, and I think that's, that has to be there. It cannot be just a facade of, Oh, I just put out two articles. So, you know, that's not what we were talking about here. Uh, if I have to guess and, but yeah, I agree with that branding idea. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you enjoy just screaming into the void, like some of us do, (laughs) then just you scream into that void constantly and consistently. Oh Um, man. There's so much we can talk about, uh, on this topic too. And anyways, before I derail you, um, I I actually ran into that, 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 that issue of like, do I do all these things, you know, after hours and order to establish my brand and how do I do that and all that stuff. Right. And I think it's different, uh, from person to person. And, and I think as long as it's genuine, um, you will get somewhere. Yeah. It's gotta be genuine. It's gotta be something you enjoy. Like, and those are the things like, don't do something just because you want, you want to, uh, to get a job from it or something like that. Like if, if that was the sole purpose of this podcast, like it would, we would never be able to sustain it. I would never be able to sustain it. If that was the sole purpose of like, why I was doing yeah. like why I was doing other things like it would just right. it would be like soulless and I would hate it soul sucking yeah exactly um yeah. but find like the things that you love to do like that you would do even if nobody was like looking at it which <laughs> some of mm-hmm. the things that you so I feel like some of the things that I do like I was doing them when nobody was like even caring about them and like Before I was just cool yeah and yeah <laughs> and Sometimes it even feels like that still, but it's like, I love it. And I'm just going to keep doing it. Even if like nobody ever looked at it because I enjoy right. it. And so like, 
to find that thing and do that. And that can be your thing. Yes. And I think I'm almost on the opposite spectrum of that because I, <laughs> at one point, like I said, I try to put things out there and then, man, it just, I, 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 I just didn't love it as much as I wanted to. And also it took so much time yeah. after hours too. And, and, and I mean, on that note, like props to you that I am always like, wow, Kyle's doing so much. I need to do more. But then, <laughs> um, anyways, there's a spectrum of how to establish your brand. And I think for me, I'm on the other side of the spectrum, but it doesn't mean that it, that cannot be, you know, one way for you to establish, establish, um, something that you, you know, you're proud of. Right. So it doesn't always have to be out there on the internet where, um, I mean, maybe I'm giving myself an excuse, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, at work, I, 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 I talk about, all the design stuff I want to talk about testing stuff. And I think, um, building a brand within your own circle, either professionally, socially, people know that you're passionate about it. You will see opportunities coming your way when you don't expect also anyways. Yeah. And I think that it perfectly segues into like my second thing, which is, uh, focus on people because, and that goes both before and while, you are looking for a, like a job because it really comes down to people, both like at your current company, at other companies. And, you know, while you're being interviewed, after you've been interviewed, it like, it really is about relationships and about people. Like Mm -hmm. it's people making decisions. It's people who you're working with. It's like, we're all people. And that is who that's yeah. what this is all about. It's like, we're making things for people and we're like, we're yes. working with people. So like focus on actual people and don't focus on networking in like the negative way. Focus oh, yeah. on like actually getting to know people right. in a really positive way. And that's, yeah. Done. Yeah. Actually that, that this is a perfect spot that I want to bring up one of my dues, which yeah. is, um, be a, be a good listener, um, especially during interviews, because during the interview, if, if they already invite you to, you know, want to see you in, in person, um, your work probably reached a certain, you know, uh, threshold of quality and they want to just see that you are a person that they can work with. And I think at that point, like being yourself and treating that as an interview, not for just the quality of work that you can produce, because I mean, nobody can really test you that during the half an hour, an hour that they, you know, see you. Right. But during that time being a, uh, good communicative, um, and, 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 um, good listener, I think is very important during the interview time and just kind of, um, echoing what, what you said, Kyle, cause people don't want to work with someone that they cannot see themselves working with. Right. Um, and during that interview, if you have your foot in the door, like use that time to show them that you are that person that people want to work with. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, and you do that by focusing on people and by being a good listener and yep. doing all of those things. And <laughs> uh, I feel like this is like life lesson. Just yeah. do that all day, every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being, yeah, being empathetic by being all of the like the product things that we, that we talk about probably in like a lot of shows, like be, be a good product person and empathize and uh, listen well. And yeah, all of those things. 
I, I like that you also use the word empathize with, you know, the interviewers, right? And actually that, uh, if I may, my <laughs> another do's, um, do yeah. <laughs> on my do's list is um, basically empathize with the interv- interviewers and tr- ask them why they're hiring and about their team structure. Um, I think that is a great uh, you're basically opening up a window to understand what problems they're trying to solve. And again, applying that product mindset to make sure you are targeting the problem the other side is presenting to you. And even though you're asking them a question, but this is a great um, um, window for you to provide them an answer to, uh, to, to tell them why you're a good fit and what you can offer to target the problems that they're running into and what they're looking for. So... Yep. That's a big one on my list. Yeah. What else? Nice. All right. So number three, and this one, uh, I've kind of gone, this is more like a learning one for me and learn from like personal experience. So I call this one company over role. So you'll have the chance to create opportunities as you as you move into like a good company. But if you like, if you take a good role at a bad company, you'll be moving on quickly. So like some of the examples are, um, you know, if you move into a, you know, a role, you know, let's say like a, a, just a product, you know, let's say you, you move into a product manager role at a, you know, a, a fast moving high growing company when you were looking for like a senior product manager role, chances are that you do good work. You're going to move rapidly into, you know, a senior product manager role and then, you know, move into other roles, like as the company grows, grows. And as you progress there and as the company progresses and things like that, and you'll have the chance for, for growth and progression and things like that. Whereas if you move into a role with a company that isn't growing or has like a really toxic culture. Maybe it has like a better title, but chances are you're not going to grow with that company. You're not going to stick around. Like if you take it simply for the the title or take it simply, you know, because of something like that, chances are you're going to be moving on a lot more quickly than moving into a a good company, like a good culture, like a good growth opportunity than if you had like taken yeah. on something else. So I think like broadly speaking, this is like, like do, do your due diligence on yep. picking the right culture, the right company and the right yep. role is, okay. is kind of like the, the broader yes. thing for, for this specific one. I think um, we're lucky that in Utah, I feel like it's a very small world that likely we already know five to six people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, have been at the place that you're going to interview at. But I would say that's where I would go search on LinkedIn and find your connections and find out people that have worked at at those places. And even the second, um, what what is that called? Second degree connection. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I think LinkedIn is truly helpful um, because I think it's very hard to I mean, there are definitely numbers and uh, business performance data you can find right on the internet uh, about, you know, your uh, potential new company, but definitely the culture part, 
um, I would highly recommend you to search in your LinkedIn to find the connections that you have to kind of, you know, do, do your homework um, on finding out the culture that really is the company you're wanting to join. And, but Kyle, I really like what you said about the position versus company um, point. That's, that's very interesting. I've never thought about it that way. And I also want to uh, kind of piggyback on that. And because people, I guess the one argument that I have heard the most when people compare two different offers, job offers is, well, one has better pay. The the other one has better title. Which one should I pick? I, I, (laughs) it's going to make me sound like a awful person, but I will always take pay over title (laughs) (laughs) and also look at it as like where the ceiling of this title, um, give you, um, where I think that, that yes, a better title, um, it's always going to give you more opportunity, more, you know, uh, next title, you can move up to something even higher. But then um, I would also say if you're looking at the pay, the pay doesn't, you know, uh, adhere to where the title should be, even though it's a better title, it doesn't give you what you really need to elevate your life, quality of life. And you're going to have more responsibilities than you actually feel like they're paying you enough for, because they're never going to just you know, say, oh, actually, we would like to give you a raise out of nowhere, right? Like that conversation is not <laughs> that easy to have um, right when you join a new company, right? So um, yeah, I just want to point that out. And and I would say just from my personal experience to pay over title. <laughs> so yeah, if yeah. you have both, then great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So hopefully yeah. you have both. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up a good point of you know, of striking the right balance of, and, um, it's difficult to, to, you know, once you kind of move in, you're at the place that you're at. And, you know, as far as like pay and title and, and place and all of those things. And obviously, you know, nothing is set in stone forever, but you you kind of move into something for, you know, a certain amount of time, most likely. And so like those are, kind of the terms that you initially agree to. And so making sure that all of that fits uh, with what you're looking for. And all of that kind of goes back to just having a good understanding of what you ultimately want within both your job search and your career and making sure that Mm -hmm. those things are really just aligning with where you are now and where you want to go. And I don't think we often spend enough time thinking about those things. Um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself mm. or my, at least my past self, like, you know, really thinking about that because, you know, we, we can get on certain paths and then, you know, not put in enough time, uh, once we're on those paths, thinking about like what, what's next and what do I want to do and, and how should I approach this best to accomplish like the goals that I have and what I want to do. So, really understanding that and and putting in the right work to get moving in the right direction or, or to keep moving in the right direction or to change if that's not the direction you want to go. Yep. Okay. And I agree with everything you said. And I want to add one yeah. more comment too, is that the reason why I said what I said is also because it's always faster to gain more responsibilities than getting a raise. So <laughs> that, yeah. And especially, <laughs> so especially if you're, yeah, especially if you're doing good work, which I kind of take that as like, 
a given you, you go in and do good work. So like, like you can get more responsibility and chances are, you know, you can increase, you can always increase your responsibility and, (laughs) and do good enough work over uh, like a period of time. And chances are like, you can move up within an organization and things like that. So. Right. Your company is definitely, um, happy like more than happy to give you more responsibilities <laughs> than, than more raises. <laughs> Not that they don't want to, but yep. you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Tweet, tweet at me if you don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four is, uh, and this is getting into, uh, specifically into like interview time. So we've kind of gone over like your, your prepping, you know, within your career, your job search. So within an interview itself, and this is before and within an interview, but I call this become a storyteller. So this isn't just like have answers to, to interview questions, but like really become a storyteller. And I think this is like part of product in general, but have your stories and know how to tell them well. And that goes for like all of the most common interview questions. Uh, you know, what is, what are the key takeaways that you want to have within an interview and know them really, really well, like know what is the problem and then what's the punchline that you want to deliver and then make sure that you're, you practice that and then you deliver those punchlines at some point during an interview. So it's not just knowing what the most common questions are and then having answers. It's like, what are the stories that go along with that in order to really leave a mark? And then what's the punchline? Like if you were going to just Mm -hmm. hashtag tweet something, (laughs) what's, you know, what's the 100 character tweet that somebody can take away? That's like, okay, yeah, I remember what the punchline of that that story was that yes. that Eva said, and that was that was a good story. And now I can we can talk about it like after the interviews. Like, oh yeah, in this question, that was a that was a fun story that that yep. Eva told about whatever thing it was, and everybody can talk about it and that sort of thing. So like, and making sure that I like to have a few stories that kind of cover a variety of different things, so that like no matter what the questions are, at least there's yep. a bunch of different stories that you can kind of pull out and use and then mm-hmm. have those kind of practiced so that you can kind of pull from a, a bunch of different places and talk about them and yes, and be a storyteller. Basically that's, that's what it comes down to. This is so perfect because on my, well, my do's and my don'ts, um, I have a few things that hit just right about that. So, um, I, I like that you described that as a storytelling experience. And um, my one of my do's is definitely, definitely talk about your favorite projects or products that you have worked on. I think this applies to both product designers and product managers or product whoever people, because this is where people are going to remember you, uh, of you telling a story that you're actually passionate about, excited about. And I would recommend you pick two different things uh, within, you know, that, that, that perimeters, those perimeters, because, um, then you have a backup of the other one. If, if the conversation doesn't go Mm -hmm. one way, but definitely prepare a story to tell about, yeah, your favorite, uh, projects or products that you have worked on highly recommended. This is where I think, um, it 
not not only does it leave a good impression of like, oh yeah, this person is passionate about this, but also you're also telling um, a story that you're confident telling. I think a lot of people, especially the ones that are not good at interviewing, do not see it as a interviewing. It's a job interview. That is scary to some people. But if you're just seeing it as a presentation that you're excited to go in and tell about, you know, t- tell them about this um, particular project, I think that puts your mind in a different space. Um, it can be very helpful. And I definitely remember one of the most memorable interviews I've been in, uh, where the interviewee actually came in with a presentation that she prepared. And she was going through like what she did for this particular, you know, project. And it was just the best because there was the beginning, the middle and the end to, you know, her presentation. Um, yeah, highly recommended on this and do not just, well, I, I think this one is going to be particular to product designer. Um, I know there is this saying of let your work speak for itself. Like, no, that doesn't work <laughs> in a job interview. Like people can look through hundreds of resumes and portfolios and all that stuff, but you have to speak you have to be able to speak to your process and your thinking and, you know, your testing methods and all that, you know, the, all the moving pieces that go into the results, right? Um, do not rely on your work to speak for itself because it literally does not speak for itself <laughs> in yep. that setting. So should I, should I keep going? I feel like I yeah. am fired up about this right now. And um, while you're telling the story of, of, of why you're passionate about this job and whatever too, do not um, get philosophical or just leave it at, at the high level. Get specific and definitely mention past experience because the worst thing you can do is just saying like, oh, I think this or I believe in this or, you know, something that is very, very nebulous and loose because that is not a story. Nobody is going to remember because those are things that are so neutral. Nobody can disagree. Nobody can, you know, buy into what you're saying. Right. Um, use the theories that, you know, or principles that, you know, to support uh, a story of your past experience, of your project, of your product, anything. Right. But it has to be um, specific. So there's. Yeah another don'ts on, uh, on, on my list. Um, man, I, I really am fired up about this interview <laughs> conversation, but, yep. uh, um, may I continue or do you have another one you want to put in before I, before I kidnap? I, I have, I have one last stage. one, but it's like post interview. So, uh, if oh, you, yeah. Okay. okay. I, then I'm going to, I'm going to go through my last yeah. two and then yep. That would be perfect. So during interviews, and this is one of the things that I am surprised that people are still doing is do not try to solve the interviewer's problems on the spot because you likely will not be able to. There's no way, you know, that someone mentioned, oh, we're not able to do this thing, blah. And then I remember it happened seriously, what, five months ago where we mentioned a problem that the team is experiencing and the interviewee literally was like, well, I do this in my college course and it probably is a good solution. Or do you know about this other tool or product that can uh, do this thing? And immediately I, I just was like, well, thank you. <laughs> because there's just, 
if we are not able to solve that problem, you know, after so many meetings of 10 people trying to, you know, resolve this issue, likely is more complex than what I'm telling you right now during the interview. Um, definitely show your initiative or creativity, but do not try to think that you're bringing the answer to the table. Going back to, to you know, being a good listener um, and empathize with, you know, the interviewer, right? Like you're likely not going to solve their problems, but yeah, don't tell them that you have a solution on the spot because that is not going to make you look good. So there's that. And another uh, don't that I have, this is my last one, is so kind of uh, relevant to what we talked about earlier, like creating your brand. Um, so it's recommended that you, you know, adjust your resume, adjust your cover letter to match with the job you're interviewing for. Right. But the worst thing that can happen is that I can see the exact, you know, same sentence structure for this job that you're interviewing for. And then I go on your LinkedIn and it's the exact same sentence structure, but more generic, which I can then tell you're basically mass producing your resume Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, you know, your own branding to fit different jobs. You're just mass, you know, uh, applying for jobs. And that becomes, you know, that makes you look very not genuine and not really, you know, interested in this particular job. Right. And so that's something that I, I, I recommend, uh, do what you can to adjust your resume, but don't just make sure you, you clean up your other <laughs> public uh, profile to make sure it, you don't show your cards, <laughs> like the, the unedited, unspecific um, version of, of your branding, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This literally happened. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So that's all my items for interview and post interview. What, what advice do you have? All right. So this kind of goes back to like our, our product discovery or design thinking, uh, which is then finally like review and learn. And so take all of the things both from like what you've done with your applications from like an interview process, from the discussions you've had, take time to review, uh, what you've done, like record notes from, from like the the interview itself, um, from what you've learned, like what you talked about, the questions that you asked, that you asked, that you were asked, and you know basically what you talked about. One, so that you can recall them later. Um, you know, this is a big thing. As you go through multiple rounds of interviews, um, it can be it can become difficult. Like as fresh as things are in your mind, like as you walk out, that will fade. So like take some time to jot down some notes so that you can go back and reference them later, Uh, especially like as you may go through like multiple rounds and they may be like spaced several weeks apart. And then also so that you can learn from that, like some of the, the best things that I have done are to like learn from the interview questions that I've gotten from, um, from one place and then take that and, you know, build off it. Like you can be surprised by an interview question uh, once, but don't be surprised by it. Like multiple times, like if you get taken aback by it one time, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't get taken aback by it a second time. Um, and that's, I know that happened to me in one interview, like somebody asked a question and I was kind of taken back by it and I had an okay response, but I was like, Oh man, I, I got thinking about it. 
And it became like part of an article that I wrote because I was like, all right, I put a lot of thought into it. And I was like, okay, now I have a really, really good response. So if anybody ever asks again, they haven't yet. Um, but if anybody ever does, like I have like a really in-depth response because I've put a lot of thought into into that specific question because it was a good question. So now like I'm I'm prepared for it. But so like let that kind of build your mm, okay. your bank of what are things that people are asking? So don't just rely on like what are the the most common questions out there, but you know, let the things that are people are actually asking yeah. fuel your your bank of questions and then come up with, you know, what are good responses to those questions and and actually put time and thought into what those are. And then, you know, how did you respond to it? Don't get down on, you know, too down on yourself because like you will learn from from all of the the interviews and discussions that you have but you know take time to actually build on that and get better for the future and i i personally have like a bank going back for years and years of things that i can then pull like pull up and like reference for the future not that everything's always going to be the same but like it is good you know for the next time i may interview right. years down the road or whenever that is that i can go back and like actually start refreshing yeah. my memory and start thinking through what does that look like? Not just from articles of like, here's the 20 most common right. questions you get asked in an interview, but like, what is my actual experience and start using that again. So review and learn and record that for your own sake as you go through the process. I really like that. And especially if you already have all these, like, um, I guess answers and response that you're really proud of, you can definitely incorporate that with the story you tell, you know, that you present about your favorite work that you have done. And even if they happen to not ask any of them, then <laughs> present it to them anyways. So exactly. fi find that window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could find, yeah. if you have like two or three things that you want to get into an interview, um, you know, make sure. And, and a lot of times people will ask at the end, like, Hey, is there anything else you want us to know? If you didn't have a chance to get something in, that's a great time to say, right. yeah, you know, I, I want to tell yeah. you about this, this one thing, or, you know, I have one final story yes. or something like that and make sure to yeah. get whatever the main point is in there. Uh, especially if it's something really important for the interviewer to know. Exactly. But also don't wait until the end. Cause yeah. you definitely want them to feel like, Oh, I wish I had more time with this person, you yeah. know, keep selling yourself yes. through stories. Right. Yep. Exactly. There you awesome. Go. Okay. There you go. Now we'll go, go get jobs. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah, our five, well, yeah, our five big things for your job search complete with lots of interview things. So yeah, create your brand, focus on people, company over role, become a storyteller and be specific in the interview and then review and learn all the, from all of the things that you do. And that's not just in the interview, but like your resume too, and all of the things that go into your job search, like test, test stuff out and like build on it. That, that was beautiful. The way you recapped everything <laughs> on your list. And now I'm like, okay, how do I recap mine? Um, well, dear listener, just start the episode over. Cause I'm not able to quickly <laughs> recap all my points, but, um, one main thing, just really empathize with your interviewers. Cause we just want to get somebody who can do the thing. And trust me, we want to hire somebody. <laughs> um, so yeah, listen cool. to this episode again and again. Yeah. 
There you go. There you go. You go play it. Yep. But yeah, we really want you to get get jobs, get a job that you like, and yeah, we want all our people to be happy. Cool. There it is. There it is. Awesome. Are, is it time to head into sh- shout out or or the lover or hater corner? Yes. I, I want to come up with a name with this, <laughs> but I have not been able to. But do you have? Are are you a lover this week or are you a hater this week? <laughs> I'm so I I do I've got uh, I've got gripes this week. So, um, yeah, we so many gripes, but we oh, uh, no. yeah we did. Um, so we did our taxes this week. So gripes all around. Justified already. For, yeah. First off, uh, tax code is just, uh, I'm going to keep, we'll, we'll keep this episode like PG rated, but it's how we don't riot as a country uh, over our tax code every year is just, it's baffling to me. Like it is just absolute garbage. Um, and then this is probably going to be like, you know, TurboTax has been long held up as like a really great product, but I'm going to, this might be like unpopular product opinion. I don't think TurboTax is that great. Like it's, it takes a bad, like an absolute horrific experience in doing your taxes and makes it slightly less horrific. Like, but if you're on like the edge, okay. So it does that if you are like a very, very straight case within your taxes. Like if you stray off of like the normal path, then you're just back to like the absolute hell of taxes. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to call that a great product experience. Like if you, if you move into like any sort of like, not even edge case, but just off of like the main path of taxes, like all of a sudden you're back into like trying to figure out what all of the different schedules are and like all of the different oh, stuff. All nightmare. It's just a nightmare. So, um, yeah, gripe with the tax code and then specifically with TurboTax. Like I just, I don't, I, uh, I don't, I don't think it's a great product. So there it is. I think it's not a really TurboTax not being a great product. I think it's the tax system. Yeah. <laughs> that is the root of all evil. It's, you know, it's probably just, it's been held up for so long as like, oh, it's this amazing thing and it makes it so great. It makes it great if like you're just main, like main course, like really mm-hmm. your your taxes are just like the easy taxes that can just right. like drive you right through that sort of stuff. But like as soon as you get anything like kind of off yeah. the beaten path, like then it just, it gets all sorts of like, oh, it's all, I feel like it's so, not even off the beaten path, but it's like, literally, if you do one freelance job, that's kaboom. What that's do you exactly do? like you do? That's where we were. Like you do like a little freelance stuff. And then all of a sudden you're just like, to- like you're, you're just out in nowhere. Like you've got to, you figure this. Yeah. Point. You figure this yeah. out on your own now. Like you, it's like, this isn't even that much stuff. Like this should not be difficult, but just garbage, total garbage. I think this is the most emotional I've heard from you. <laughs> just yeah. true, like, and I'm even like toning annoyance. it down because, like, I'm, I, <laughs> I was like ready to tweet um yesterday, just and some pretty strong, yeah. some strong language. So we might I probably will send it outward. out. Yeah, <laughs> do we're, it. We're, we're keeping. We'll keep the. This, You're not uh, alone. Yeah. You're not alone. I. Yeah, I, I'm ready for you to start bleeping out like <laughs> words that you use in this episode. Um, very strong emotions, but I, I'm with you because last year was the first one that I did one freelance job and I'm like, okay, 
time to hire somebody to do my taxes because yep. now I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. We figured it out, but it was just, it should not be as difficult as it is. Yeah. Do you know for sure you figured it out though? No, but exactly. we, we take, who, we're taking the gamble that it's not worth it to, for the IRS to audit us over the amount that it was. So. <laughs> you have $500, please. We're going yeah, to swat you to get that money. Yeah. They cannot possibly care about the amount, like the small amount that it, it it's probably not wrong. And if it is, they cannot possibly care. So, you know, what would be a better solution? So we went over many, many possible better solutions, but they, I don't know that you could <laughs> oh, possibly yeah. make it worse. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, you're your better <laughs> solution. <laughs> so anything is better than what it is right anything, now. And yeah. I agree. And I would say, yeah, just make it easier, make it better Then you can. I don't want people to lose jobs, but then I, at the same time, feel like there are probably 20,000 people working at the IRS trying to go through, like flipping through the printed version of your tax return, just trying to go through line by line and be like field 13A, does that add up, you know, according to field 5B and C? Um, there are probably people doing that right now. And I, you know what, now that I'm saying it out loud, um, the only one reason that, you know, every time we file taxes, it's still in this printed format mm -hmm. that it's going to them. I really suspect that it's just manual review, even though these are literally just expected input of numbers. Are you serious? Okay. Did I just, oh, wow. That really hurts me to even think about that. They're really just manu manually reviewing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's I, I don't even know. Like oh, it's, yeah, it, it's Back just such point. a massive hot Ma mess. Making, yeah. making the process easier than you will probably save a lot of money by not having people to have to manual, manually review everything, to audit everything. And also probably we don't have to feel like we're missing something, maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't there's, know. There's so many better solutions. And we, we could probably spend yeah. like a whole, like multiple episodes on all the myriad Another ways podcast. that you could make this better. Um, Another podcast. And, and yeah. did you know that you're supposed to be able to file, well, for free and then Intuit and, and, and TurboTax, all these companies have a free version, yeah. but they bury it in the internet so they can't find it yeah because you know people gonna make money right yeah anyways um that's a whole yep another podcast <laughs> yes yep i'm sure a lot of podcasts have covered this topic but this is your what is how do you name this tax talk tax talk yeah <laughs> yep tech talk is gonna sue me <laughs> just kidding. anyways but um i don't have a gripe but i mm feel you on the tax yep. tax talk so this is it there we go all right all right don't forget to do your taxes everybody time is coming up is this very, gonna very come soon. out what is it gonna come up before tax season end i think it's gonna yeah. come out after no th this will come out before yeah wait well, when is tax season ending april 16th well. is 17th 16th or 17th 16th yeah, april 16th is oh i thought it was april 1st for some reason no. Okay. Yeah. Listener, do your taxes. Yeah. But if you're in London or anywhere else in the world, don't worry about it. Just a hole that we have dug here yeah. um, in the United States. And 
I don't think other countries have to do taxes to the degree that we have to do it here. No, that so. was the question that we were talking about is I'm not sure what other countries do, but it, it can't possibly be be worse not than what Hong we Kong. do. Yeah. So yeah, not in Hong Kong, I'll tell you that. Yeah. That I'm probably gonna look into that and figure out what other countries do because I'm now I'm interested. London people tell us. Yeah. <laughs> What's be interested the, in the hearing better, what you do. Better way. But that this is it. Okay. And happy job hunting. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more about us and our podcast on our website at productbydesign.co. You can also follow us on Twitter at prodbydesign. That's at prod underscore by underscore design. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. And you can also find Eva on Twitter at Yan Chow Chow. See you next time.